We've, uh, we've been going through the seven seal judgments, and we have gotten all the way through uh, seal number five, and now we come to the last two seals that we find, and um, they're not both found in chapter six, but the sixth seal is found in Revelation chapter six. And I would just quickly go over the first seal was the, the seal with white horse, a bow, a crown, uh, and one that went forth conquering and to conquer. We made very clear that um, the, the best application and understanding of that biblically has to be one who is seeking um, to take on the appearance of someone that he is not. Riding on a white horse, being one who wants to lead and have a crown of a kingship type leadership scenario and claim the strength and power and ability and conquering, but not necessarily by bloodshed, conquering through the promise of peace. And the idea of, to a degree, if you want to put it this way, the idea of being the prince of peace, which he's not. He is a false Messiah. So that, that picture there of, that's given through the rider on a white horse is, I believe, a clear picture of the beginning of the tribulation, which is uh, the Antichrist, the one who is not Christ, but tries to claim that status, especially with the Jews their Messiah. And, uh, and so uh, that, that is the, the first seal opened and revealing what is going on. There is starting the time of tribulation. Then the second seal uh, brings about a red horse. This is what begins to happen shortly after the rise of the Antichrist with the answer for quote-unquote peace in the world, and yet that answer of peace is not very long-lived because uh, there, there comes now with a second seal, um, the red horse, and the removal of peace, and a great sword is given to the rider upon the red horse, and uh, the red horse picturing bloodshed, um, that removal of peace is what brings about great, great war and, and a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of killing. Through bloodshed, that great sword being an object of war, execution, or slaughter. And, uh, and that is basically uh, starting to reveal the, the purpose behind what the Antichrist really uh, intends to do. But then we have a third seal. And the third seal is a, a black horse. And the, the rider of the black horse is given a pair of balances and we see that, that there is an increase uh, throughout the world of the cost of food, which leads to a, a kind of a natural understanding that uh, after uh, war and, and bloodshed and many things taking place, you often have a time of, uh, of poverty and famine in, in the areas that are most war-torn. And if you have War and, and, and things of that nature going on throughout the entire world, there is a universal uh, reaction to all of that bloodshed, which would lead to uh, a, a time of poverty, uh, the balancing of the scales, 
food costs going way up, the fact that, uh, that um, one, one meal alone could cost you an entire day's wages. Um, and so looking at all that, showing that third seal, bringing about, again, some results of the, the bloodshed that is actually the revealing of, again, the, the purpose of Antichrist. So then we got to the fourth seal. The fourth seal um, is the final of what is known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse because it's the last horse that is mentioned. So it's a, the pale horse. We had the white horse, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, red, the red horse, the black horse, and then the pale horse, which the pale horse is often seen in, in uh, the idea of pale being represented as disease or even um, the amount of fear, but I would say more disease and even the idea of corpses. Just um, there's been that much death, there's been that much going on, or you could even have a scenario where great plagues uh, began to sweep throughout the world. And by the way, think about this. If you have great slaughter and it's not handled well, and then you have putrefying and rotting flesh, and you, things are not done right in some areas of the world, it, it would not be hard to understand that there could be some disease begin to start take, taking place naturally that could then spread wildly by animals carrying disease, eating on, eating on that which is available, and yet then spreading throughout uh, but also you, you have the fact that if there's a lack of food, um, you know, if people are not able to, to get food um, because whether it's being withheld or it's just not there, then, uh, then they eat whatever they can find. If they eat whatever they can find, uh, the animals might be losing their food sources. And if they start losing food sources, they become desperate. And you even have animals that would not normally be extremely savage can go very savage over just trying to survive. And, um, and so uh, you, you have the, the promise there of, of the, the pale horse that, that is its death and hell follows uh, with him as a partner. And uh, the, they have the power to kill with a sword, hunger, death, uh, and the beast of the earth. And so all of that taking place, again, what does it all entail? How does it all play out? How do all those parts and pieces work? We're not given the full details of every aspect, but you have a general idea of what could be causing a lot of this as a possibility. No one can speak dogmatically about here's how it's going to work because we're not given that. We just say it would make sense or we believe it could be or it very possibly could pan out to go this direction. But uh, regardless, you know, it is a miserable time that should be, by the way, according to the promise of the Antichrist, according to the promise of this silver-tongued orator of peace, there's supposed to be a time of peace. Does it sound very peaceful? Not at all. The peace promised uh, by, by those accords that will be signed, the peace that will be signed amongst nations with Israel, that peace that is promised uh, is very shortly lived if it even really happens at all. It is more of a facade to get the foot in the door for control than it is anything. 
And, uh, and so you see these seals open. John is being shown these things. This is how he describes it uh, with the different color horses, the riders, what the riders are given and what they have with them during, during their time of operation. But at the same time, I believe these seals do not happen. And then first one happens and ends. Second one happens and ends. Third one happens and ends. No, no, the Antichrist is here through the whole thing. He is the one orchestrating and running and, and operating some things. So these seals are building. The, the actions and the things happening as these seals are opened, it's building one on the other, which is why you go from the, po- the point of somebody promising peace to war breaking out to take full control. And from war breaking out, then you have all this famine and poverty. And then from famine and poverty and war and all the things happening, you have people dying, you have, you have fear, you have all these things happening and possibly even great disease sweeping through. It even could be orchestrated disease, not natural. No. Maybe from China. I don't know. But as a whole, that was just a plug at, at the political stuff. All right, so... But as a whole, think about it, you couple natural disease with manufactured, and if you think there's not manufactured disease that could wipe out everything right now in existence right now, you're nuts if you think it doesn't exist. Some of it exists in in the colleges of our country. They pride themselves in having uh, diseases that could cause massive destruction and death all over. They pride themselves. Matter of fact, some of them recently even even uh, uh, put out there and, and made a, a statement of uh, look look what a great thing we did. And they said they took COVID and they've they've created whatever COVID that they created. They created a greater strand that cannot be stopped. You cannot be fixed. They created one that mutates so fast and so strong there is no antidote for it, and they have it. They have the disease. Like that's something to be proud of. Why? We've taken it and we've made it worse. Matter of fact, we've made it so bad if it got loose, no one could stop it. Why? But by the way, think about it. If you have mass chaos going on and all these things exist could not people get a hold of those, those things and use them as a weapon to try to take power? So disease can be natural or it could be manufactured disease. Regardless, there will be no holds barred when it comes to the Antichrist trying to take control. And, uh, and so we've gone through the, the four seals there and then the fifth seal uh, was... Um, going from, from that picture there, and then when the fifth seal was open, now it, it, we said it, it took us back into the presence of God. And, uh, and in, in that, with that fifth seal, there is the revealing of, uh, of the saints that have been martyred. And, and those individuals that are there, and they are told, uh, they, the question that they have is how long before your judgment uh, will be will be placed on on, on the earth uh, because of what has happened to us, and then they are given robes, and their instruction was just wait a little bit longer uh, because there's still more yet to join you. There are more mar- martyrs to come, uh, if, even through the 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 great tribulation period. There will be those who will be killed 
and specifically beheaded for their faith in Christ and following God and not the Antichrist and Lucifer. And so there are yet martyrs to come, so they're told, wait, the time will come. God is going to deal with all things in righteous judgment. He's got a plan, and it's going to be fulfilled, but you be patient, you just wait. And they're told to rest until their brothers and sisters join them, their brethren join them that are yet to die for the cause of Christ. So that's up to the, the, uh, the fifth seal, verse 9 through verse number 11. Now let's look at verse number 12 down to verse number 17 uh, of Revelation chapter 6. This is the sixth seal. Things are now going to go back to a picture looking at earth. So we've gone through one, two, three, four uh, seals uh, of the four horsemen and, uh, and all that's being done on earth in the first, first little bit of, uh, and may I say uh, as a whole, this is leading through the first half. I'm going I'm to prove that in a minute, but it is leading through the first half of the seven-year tribulation. We have not even reached halfway just yet. We're about to see uh, halfway and the mentioning of halfway uh, coming up here in just a moment. But at this point, they're still in the first three and a half years. So uh, as you can, can imagine, uh, seal one, two, three, and four have all happened in three and a half years or a little bit less. That's a very short period of time for all this to be panning out. And, uh, and then you have the fifth seal, which takes you from a picture of looking at what's going on. Now, back at the throne of God, let's see what's happening. Who are these people that are here uh, at the throne and who are waiting? And so it goes back to the picture of the martyrs, which then also reveals that there will be more to come, which means that there will be those who will be saved and those who will be trusting in Christ and in God alone uh, throughout the tribulation, and they will be mar martyred for their belief. They will pay an ultimate price, and they will join those who are yet waiting for God to go ahead and bring out his great wrath as an answer to how the world has treated his people. And uh, God is going to answer. He is going to answer their question. He's going to answer their, their, their desire for, for uh, may I say, uh, it's a thing of Lord. We did not seek vengeance for ourselves because you you said you would repay. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Lord, win. And that's that's where they're told that it will happen. But be patient, rest, and wait for your brethren to join you, and then all things will be taken care of. But the sixth seal now now, now comes into play, and uh, this this seal is defined by one single word. Out of all the things you could possibly do to help to try to describe the sixth seal and what it produces as a whole, the only word that really wraps everything up in one package is devastation. Um, let, let, let's just read verse 12 uh, to verse number 17 of chapter 6. It says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell under the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind and the heaven departed 
as a scroll when it, it, it is rolled together. And uh, every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? So with the sixth seal... Here is what we see. We see a massive earthquake. One that possibly shakes the entire earth, not just a point on earth. Massive earthquake. Then we see an extreme eclipse take place. The sun goes black. And in that process, the moon appears to be red. It's just like blood, like a turn to blood. So not only is the, is, is the sun eclipsed, but the moon itself is darkened through this, uh, this, this almost appearance. And think about it, if you're superstitious, this is going to be really bad. But regardless of whether or not you're su- superstitious, when, when all of a sudden everything goes dark and the only thing you can see in the sky at that moment really that stands out is a red bloody moon. And not just... Well, it's kind of orangish color. No, no, no. I'm talking about, I believe it's going to be dark. It's going to be deep red. There's going to be something from, from that eclipse that takes place in the reflection. By the way, you know the moon has no light. The moon can only reflect the light of the sun. And if the sun uh, is, is uh, in, in eclipse where you can't, the sun is darkened, not just dimmed, but dark, and the moon is receiving a little bit of light, but it's an awkward light, it's going it, to look like the end has arrived. It's over. It's finished. Look, even the sky. By the way, and if that's not bad enough, uh, then you start having meteor showers. It says uh, the stars begin to fall from the sky. Now, kind of picture what people might be trying to describe. If, if you were here, how would you describe it? The sun went black, the moon turned into blood, and all of a sudden the stars are falling out of the sky. Now, we would know scientifically, more than likely, that does mean uh, large meteors falling out of the sky, which very possibly could just mean that there's something traveling through space right now that God has timely planned for it to be prepared, for it's going to hit at this time, and he is going to, now can he just create and send? He could, but I guarantee you, he's got enough stuff out there, he can take whatever he wants to and say, okay, you start traveling this direction, and when it's time, you're going to be ready, and you are going to hit the earth. You want to talk about uh, an astronomical event, it is going to be unbelievable as the, it says like a fig tree with its untimely figs when a wind blows. We're talking about, okay, take a fig tree. Have you ever, any of y'all ever seen fig trees? You ever been around fig trees? Take a green fig. Now, I will tell you this. If you pull a green fig off of a fig tree before it's ripe and you throw it at somebody, it hurts. We used to have, I mean, if you couldn't find acorns, you used figs. We weren't the brightest growing up, all right? But, um, but as a whole... Yeah, if you want acorns, you want an acorn fight, we got plenty of them back here. Just let me know, all right? But um, 
as a whole, you think about it, have a strong storm and a wind and, and the fig tree gets get shook up and the figs that are not ripe, not softened, but they're green and they're hard, begin to fall to the ground. I'm talking about if you're underneath there, you're dodging. That's what it's describing. That's how it is described. The stars fall from heaven like a fig tree releasing its untimely figs because of a strong wind. It's just a barrage of a meteor shower. And the earth is being pummeled with rocks from space. And on top of that, it's dark. You can't hardly see. The moon is like blood. And rocks are falling out of space and just literally demolishing everything it hits. But that's not all of it. According to the description of what's taken place, Severe, and the best way I can describe it, severe weather begins to take place. It says, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is, it is rolled together. So we're talking about the, the sky. We're talking about uh, in the atmosphere, there is a tumbling and a rolling and a twisting, and there's stuff going on. What is that? Well, I mean, if you've ever been around, um, you ever seen those storms come through? Where, uh, where, where they come through, and before it really takes off, you look up, and number one, you can see everything whirling and twirling, and you're watching it closely. Uh, but you ever seen those ones where, the, where it, it, it's rolling in like a massive cloud, and it just has this eerie feel? It's like death is coming. I mean, just a roll coming in. Could you imagine... The idea that all this is going on and then what, when you can see, all of a sudden it's like the entire atmosphere just kind of rolls back. Like everything is opening up, getting ready to just dump whatever it has on you. Like uh, Again, just, just picturing the idea of what, what if you're dealing with massively extreme weather? You have the rolling in of a hurricane type scenario. You have, you have the atmosphere whirling and twirling. And I mean, things are, are just like a pot being stirred. Getting ready to boil. And now you say, well, how, how, how are you going to say that? That's it. I'm, I'm not being dogmatic. I'm saying I believe that's a very good possibility when you're going from the sun, the moon, Meteor falling, and now the heavens are scrolling back. Best description I can give of things I've seen during the most extreme, severe weather phenomenons. But then, through all of this, don't forget the earthquake, but through all of this, the Bible says, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. You want to talk about continental, continental drift. Mountains being shook to the point where they literally shift. Islands that used to be, you know, the Hawaiian Islands used to be here. They're now over there. I mean, could you imagine the entire topography of the, of the earth being completely scrambled around like playing Scrabble? And that's what you're dealing with during the sixth seal of complete devastation. 
Now, what does the Bible say to describe to us just how bad this is? What does it tell us? Well, the fear that is present due to the extreme nature of what takes place during this time is especially visible through the reaction of the bravest and the strongest individuals of that day. Verse number 15. And the kings of the earth, big rulers, and the great men, well, it, boy, he's something. I tell you what, man, he is somebody. They're the ones that everybody looks up to, the prestigious individuals. The rich men, you know, they could buy their way out of it. Not this. The chief captains. Now you're starting to get into your military might. Your chief captains, your mighty men, and every, even the bondman and the free man. But as a whole, you're looking at Oh, 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 that, this has hit me. This is good. Best way, best way to describe some of those last to the bondman and free man. Um, the free man, you know, those individuals that are, that are um, storing and stacking everything for, for all. Ah, I'm living off the grid. I'm a free man. I'm prepared for anything. I'll fight off anybody. I've got an entire arsenal. I've got food to feed myself for 35 years. Yeah, even the free man who's got it all figured out, got himself sustained. I've got this. Ain't nobody going to take what's mine. I'm going to live forever. What's he doing? Well, if he didn't go in the rapture, he's in this scenario if he hasn't already died. And though he thinks he might have it under control, the king, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, the bondmen, and even the free man, all of them begin to hide themselves in dens and in rocks of the mountains. Now, that might sound like a really smart idea as long as the earthquake's over. When, when, when meteors are falling from the sky and everything's dark and you're struggling to get from place to place, it's probably not a bad idea if you can go hide yourself. I mean, you at least be safe from the things falling from the sky. But as, as all that begins to wane, think about it, how safe are you when, when the earth begins to shift and the mountains themselves are shifting out of place and the islands are moving out of place. Just how safe are, are the, the, the crevices and, and the areas of the mountains to hide in? And by the way, it, they don't just stop there. They hide in them, but then it gets so severe even in their hiding places that they reach a point in verse number 16 where they say, the Bible tells us, and said, these individuals, these strong, these mighty, these got it all figured out individuals, said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. It got so bad, they wanted to die. It got so bad, they wished they could, it would just be over. The terror is too much. Just let it be over. But by the way, this has not even gotten yet to the halfway mark. There's still the great wrath to come. There's still a lot more to happen. And they're already saying, who can handle this? Nobody can stand against this. I'd rather just die. Now here's, here's the sad part. 
What is evident and very sad at this point about the state of most of mankind is that they still have the opportunity to turn to God and repent. They can. They can turn. They can repent. Is it going to save them from the trouble? No. But they see the hand of God moving. They see this unexplainable amount of just nonstop uh, uh, crazy events happening that's out of their control. They're realizing, who can handle? We can't handle this. There's even the, 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 the acknowledgement when you, you look at what, uh, what is said here um, that, that to, to fall on us, the rocks and the mountains fall on us, to hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And then from the wrath of the Lamb. It's funny how they even know where the source of all this could be coming from, and yet they're unwilling to submit themselves. They would rather die than repent. And that is probably the saddest part of it all, is they could repent, yet they choose to cry out for the rocks to hide them from God. In other words, just finish this and remove. The idea that if I die, at least I'm free from him. Yeah, no, you still got it wrong. If the rocks kill you, you're still going to face him. You might be free from the wrath of that moment, but you're about to face the wrath of all eternity. And there's no getting away from that. There's no mountain big enough to fall on you. There's no rock big enough to take you away from having to face eternal punishment if you reject God. So that's the sixth seal. And by the way, this is, this is where we get the understanding that it is dealing with going into and getting, getting right at that time frame of the halfway mark of the, tri- the seven-year tribulation. Now, there's a few other things to go along with it, but um, verse number 17 gives us a bit of understanding with that. For the great day of his wrath is come. The great day. Now, all of this is the day of his wrath. But the great day, the great wrath, this is the great wrath it is that, that is to come. And who shall be able to stand? And, and so what, what they're saying, what they're laying out here is it's very clear that this is the ushering in of it's almost time for great wrath. And as bad as it's been through all of these last three and a half years or so, as bad as it's been, who can stand against more? We'd rather die right here, right now. By the way, some of them might get their wish. Many of them won't. They'll have to face the second three and a half year period to finish out the tribulation time frame. But there's more to understanding. This is about the halfway point uh, when we get into the seventh seal. Um. Let me go ahead, let's go jump in. The seventh seal actually is, uh, is not seen in chapter six. Matter of fact, um, we don't see the seventh seal opened immediately. You don't, you've gone from one and then uh, shortly thereinto two to three to four to five to six. 
and it's, it's gone through a period of time, and they've built and compounded on top of each other, but then it comes time with the seventh seal, and you don't go directly into, and the seventh seal was opened. No. Uh, there is actually an entire chapter here, chapter 7, dedicated to describing two separate groups of people, one seen on, on earth, the other seen in heaven, before this seventh seal is opened. And in fact, if you're with me there in Revelation chapter 7, uh, look at me with, uh, ver- in, in verse 1 through 3. This introduces uh, what an angel, the angel carrying the seventh seal does before the seal is opened. Now, the angel doesn't open the seal, but, but the seal is going to be opened. But here, here comes the individual carrying the seal, the, 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 the last to be opened. And, uh, and once it is open, the last seal presents us with several things. We'll see just a minute. But in, in chapter 7, um, I don't have time to go through. We're, we're going to look at chapter 7, um, possibly next, before going into anything else. But chapter 7, though, in verse 1 through 3, look what it says. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending. By the way, when you think about that, if they're holding back the winds, could you imagine there being, I mean, as much as we complain about cold wind when it's cold outside, can you imagine everything being completely and utterly stale? You're out on the ocean, there's not a breeze. You're on land, there's not a breeze. Can you imagine going to the Gulf, going down to the beach, standing out on the beach, and there's not a breeze? There's never not a breeze. Sometimes it's a pretty heavy gust of wind on on the beaches. But you go out there and there's nothing. It's just dead. Wouldn't you think that something strange is happening? It's gotten bad, but this is getting weird. Now watch. Verse number two, and I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried, this is dealing, the seal of the living God, this is that last seal that's to be opened, has a seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, I'll just give you a little thing, because I can't go into it right now, but do understand and remember, everything that Lucifer, Satan, the adversary, everything that he does is a mere counterfeit of something God has already done. So when we look at, oh, the mark of the beast, yeah, that's not original. Satan comes up with a mark because he's got to have something Jesus had. You're going to make a mark, I got to make a mark. You're going to have followers, I got to have followers. You're going to have worshipers, I got to have worshipers. Uh, you got a trinity, I got to have a trinity. You get a white horse, I got to have a white horse. You know, that's just, that's the way he is. Anything you've got, I'm going to make an alternate to it. But the mark of the beast 
is in in response to the holy mark of God placed on some individuals. We are not going into that tonight. Technically, it's dealing with 144,000 witnesses. But the seventh seal and what comes from the seventh seal cannot be accomplished until there is a sealing of these individuals that God will use as Jewish evangelist witnesses for the world. And he must seal them first, and then round two starts. But seventh seal, go to chapter eight, okay? As the seventh seal is opened, again, we'll, we'll revisit chapter 7 because there is the 144,000. There is a great host of, 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 uh, of individuals from all corners of the earth mentioned in chapter 7. And, uh, and that is just taking a pause and looking at some, some, uh, some important individuals uh, that are mentioned as seen on earth and some important individuals, a great, great crowd from, from, from all walks of life, from all countries, from all areas and generations, there's a great crowd that is also found here uh, in chapter 7. And uh, we, will, we will deal with what those are at a later date. But the last seal, the seventh seal, now comes to the point in chapter 8 of being opened. And in chapter 8, Verse 1 through verse number 5, we see the mentioning of the seventh seal. And at that point, the seals will end and then starts another list of judgments. The seventh seal, um, let me find my my note on this here. Uh, Yeah, the the seventh seal here brings about to us a few different things. We see silence, we see seven angels, seven trumpets, and we also see an angel with a great amount of incense. And, uh, and so let me, let me read it here, just the first five verses of chapter eight. It says, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now, two things I want you to kind of think about when it comes to this, that, this silence and the idea of, of what that would be kind of like. Um, y'all have heard the statement, the calm before the storm. If you've ever been in a place where a, a hurricane is coming, there is a time frame before it hits that there is a bit of a calm and it almost has an eerie feel to it. But there's, a more, there's a more severe, eerie feel in a hurricane. And I've been through this one. Um, if you are privileged to be the spot on which the eye of the hurricane goes over, as that hurricane hits you, as bad as the front end is, the eye will come over and it'll be bad, it'll be bad. And the closer you get to the center wall area, I mean, it gets vicious, it gets hard, it, it, it gets scary. And then it goes from sounding like everything's about to fall apart to all of a sudden, just like that. 
And as soon as that happens, you're like, is it over? Oh, no. No, this is just where you get to go out and look and see what's already, what is left at the moment because you probably won't see it the next time you go out. And that's what it is. There's a calm. And now we, we went through one in South uh, Mississippi, uh, Hurricane, which one was it? Hurricane George, I think it was, went over. Some people say it's George. No, they said it was George. You got to have, I guess it was French. I don't know. But um, they, that the hurricane came over. Now they said the eye went one way, but I, one place, but I'm telling you, we were in the center of that eye wall because it went right over our house. And it was in the middle of the day. It was so dark before the eye wall hit, you didn't know if it was really day or kind of day, night, dawn. You didn't know what time it was other than look at your watch. You couldn't figure it out. It got so severe and so bad, and then all of a sudden, poof, sun comes out. You look around, there's barely a cloud in the sky. You know, things are dripping off the trees and stuff like that. You see some destruction around you. And you but you, I mean, we're walking outside for a space of about, I don't know, 45 minutes or so to an hour max, uh, depending on how fast the whole thing was moving. Um, we, you could get out there. Honestly, you, you could have gone out and played, played a ball game. You could have done a few things. I mean, it was beautiful, gorgeous, almost no humidity whatsoever. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. And then all of a sudden, Starts getting dark. But it's quiet. And if you don't do much of anything, there aren't any birds chirping. Nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. Most animals still aren't moving because they know. Everything's kind of, and if you had a pet, I know our dog, she just, she just stayed underneath the couch. I'm like, the beautiful outside. <laughs> you could see it. She knew this. It ain't real. <laughs> but... It was a call right in the middle. But what came from what came after that eye wall passed over was an even more severe scenario than what we had gone through the first time. Because we're getting the tail end. And now you're dealing with crosswinds the other direction and tornadoes and things of that nature even worse. That is, to me, the best way to describe what's happening here. This seventh seal is opened, and everything in heaven just goes, just silent. You want to talk about the perfect time to say, awkward. It's so silent. It's so quiet. And it's not just for 60 seconds, three minutes, no, it's for the space of about half an hour. Imagine so silent, no one even dare, dares to let out a peep. No one even in heaven. Now us, we think of us like, we'll be like, hey, what do you think's going on? But in heaven, no one dares speak. There is silence and it's utter silence. Not even whispering. If we did that in here tonight, we, it'd be awkward to start. It'd be weird, fun, well, funny, then kind of weird, get a little awkward. And it would, if we actually could accomplish it as it got closer to a 30-minute span, it, it would get downright 
strange, eerie, like, can we go home now because I don't want to be here? And that's what's happening with the seventh seal. Something's coming. Something's about to happen, and it's so severe, everyone can tell something big is on its way, and the earth can't avoid it. Mankind is about to face some major issue. By the way, don't forget, they, the, those on earth from the sixth seal are saying, the time of his wrath has come. Who can stand? They know it's coming. They can sense it. And now the seventh seal is open. And verse number two says, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came from the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and here we go again and an earthquake now I'm going to stop right there because verse 6 on down starts to go into what is called the seven trumpet judgments and we will look at them don't know when but we're going to look at them But these seven trumpet judgments are judgments that now come into play at the beginning of the second three and a half years. Can I, and again, I'll show it to you later. I can't do it right now, but let me remind you, and here's, here's an eerie thought. The Bible says, and he very specifically points out that the time frame in which Satan is cast from God's presence never again to ever stand before him, ever. He is cast from God's presence, and the Bible says he is cast to earth. The time frame of him being cast to earth is the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation. The sixth seal is opened, which leads up to and right to the edge of the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation. The seventh seal is opened, and when it's opened, there's silence in heaven. By the way, here's a thought. If there's silence, I know one person who can't be there because he never shuts up. Somebody is cast from God's presence, and there is silence. No more accusing of the brethren. No more speaking out of turn, trying to throw accusations. There is silence. 
which means the adversary cannot be present. So where is he? He just got cast. He is now placed on earth to fulfill his responsibility in this tribulation period. So there's silence in heaven. Something big is coming. Seventh seal is opened. I believe with that goes Satan cast to earth. Big deal coming. With great wrath, he's cast. He enters the the time frame of man's living in the tribulation. He enters and he will now dwell and he will now rule in wrath and anger and hatred. Seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. But in that moment, there's silence in heaven. Because not only is he cast from the presence of God, but the seventh seal ushers in the next set of judgments. And what has been bad is about to get even worse. Because not only is God going to pour out his wrath, but now Satan is on earth pouring out his wrath at the same time. It is vital to understand, we're done with this, with the, the seventh seal being opened, it's vital to keep in mind and understand that the seventh seal is not the end. Some people say, oh, the seventh seal, it's over. No, no, no. <laughs> seventh seal is not the end. There's still a great amount of judgment to come. In fact, as this opens up the trumpet judgments, by the way, the trumpet judgments are not the last. There's also the vile judgments, which in some cases people call them the bold judgments. But there's vile judgments coming as well. Threefold grouping of judgments. Seal, trumpet, and vile. And the last two happen, to get, happen in the time frame of the last three and a half years. It's about to get completely unbearable. And may I say, even those that at that point on earth have chosen to believe there is a God and he is to be feared and he is to be worshipped and he is to be believed on and he is to be followed, even those that turn to faith, I believe it through Christ in God. Even those who turn to an understanding of who he is still have to face it. And many of them will be martyred for what they decide to believe in. Horrible, horrible time frame. And it's not a fairy tale. It's a prophecy of what's to come. Wouldn't it be good if we got busy about telling people, know for sure that Christ is your Savior and you're headed for the rapture of the church not the judgment of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can see, we can learn.